Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Weirding. I'm Bo North. And I'm Megan Sunday. On this show, we're discussing Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. And this week, we're back to talk chapter 41, just as soon as we reverse this Freaky Friday situation we're in. Uh, Speaking of which, how are you, Megan? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I mean, uh, I've assumed my husband's body and voice, but, you know, it's... It's been a while we've been married, so I'm kind of used to it. Sounds good. Yeah, I know uh, Billy's been watching a lot of Star Trek Discovery, and I'm introducing oh, him to... Oh, Yeah, he, he's been digging it. Um, yeah, I think he, he rolled through the seasons on there and is now trying to start off on Picard. So. Oh, that's awesome. We, we just finished watching that a couple weeks ago. That's an excellent show. Yeah, I, think, I hope uh, Billy enjoys it a lot. So far, Billy seems to be enjoying it. It's true. Um, <laughs> Billy has also like... downloaded TikTok. Oh, yeah. Brian just finally downloaded that, and he's sent me about 50 memes in the last two days. Yeah, I think the one that uh, Billy keeps using is... <laughs> you can't okay. see it, but yeah. I'm dancing. <laughs> right on. <laughs> It's like I had something in my throat, I think. Ah, things are just, you know, we're all just stuck inside and just weird things are happening. Yeah. Woo. All right. (laughs) You know that's, so today we're recording this on a Saturday and you know that song Saturday in the Park? Yes. All day I've been going around the house singing it like Saturday in my house. (laughs) Maybe it's the 4th of July. (laughs) (laughs) which is what it feels like it's like what who could know what month is it why am i still in my house (laughs) soon well well it'll be over before we know it it's true it's true i do believe that that it just feels it's like a dentist appointment like it just feels like it's taking forever but once it's over it you know it'll be better Mm mm-hmm Anyway. <laughs> Did you sing Nonsense Italian like he does in Saturday in the Park? Um, I didn't get that far. <laughs> like, seriously, I only know, like, the first couple lines. I think part of the Italian part is real. And then after that, he's just sort of doing, like, oh, I'm a singing Italiana. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I know, like, the first couple lines. And then I know the one that's like, Waiting such a long time. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's like all I know. <laughs> Seriously, that's all I know of that song. Like I could, I can recognize it off the radio, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that I'm like a super fan of it. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, you're not 67. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my favorite um moments in Buffy and the episode Band ca- Candy when Joyce and Giles are like their teenage selves again and they're oh my God. sitting around listening to records and she goes do you like Seals and Crofts? And he looks at her and she's like no me neither. 
It's such a true, real teenage moment. Oh, yeah. And the fact that for all, I feel like they make such a big deal in a lot of teen, you know, stuff like media about like, oh, you know, what if you don't have all the same likes? They still they still do it because, you know, what? Yeah. at the end of the day, Joyce and Ripper <laughs> don't care. No. <laughs> Who's listening to what? <laughs> oh. They still did it twice. On the hood of a police car. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anyway, (laughs) none of that has anything to do with this chapter. It doesn't. Although uh, children knowing everything about you kind of does. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Segway. Segway. So, um, Megan, you're going to be reading the epigraph this week, correct? I am. Awesome. And this comes from... All right, this is a long... The, the title is actually almost longer than the epigraph itself. <laughs> Muad'Dib's secret message to the Landsrad from Arrakis Awakening by the Princess Ruin. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a secret message. Why do you it? know it? Don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's not very secret, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Control the coinage and the courts. Let the rabble have the rest. Thus, the Padishar Emperor advises you. And he tells you, if you want profits, you must rule. There is truth in these words, but I ask myself, who are the rabble and who are the ruled? Mm. That should be on a bumper sticker. I mean, I think it probably is somewhere. Someone's got it on their car next to who is John Galt. Or don't tread on me. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, I want that, but with a worm. Oh my gosh. No one take that. Copyright me. Yeah. That's how that works, right? <laughs> right. I declare it. I was talking to an artist about commissioning some more artwork for the show, so that might be something to consider. <laughs> was it a real artist or has quarantine started to get to you? No, a real artist, um, Philippe Sobrero. Oh my gosh, a real does, artist. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I commented on uh, his web, like he posted something about his website, and I said, Oh, I should commission you for some Let's Get Weirding merchandise because he follows the show. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, I would be very interested. They, I was almost contracted to do the artwork for Yodorowsky's Dune, but they ended <laughs> up going with someone local. I was like, mm, I'm sure I can afford you. Well, you know, we'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this week we are hanging out down the south. Yep. With Jessica and Aliara and Hara and all the gang, all the lady mm-hmm. gang. Yeah. Uh, Jessica is chilling in her new rooms. They're not as good as her old ones, but you know they had to flee. Mm-hmm. They still sound pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, let's, sounds you know. like she has some relative privacy which is nice mm-hmm. lots of nice rugs yeah uh, i'm just happy that we're not with the baron we're not <laughs> you know we're we're kind of ha- just hanging out with all the ladies i'm happy about that so i'll take this it. you know i always imagine it being like that town in australia that's all underground because it gets so hot mm-hmm. which is one of those things where i see pictures of it and i think that be so nice like everything looks really nice but i am also very claustrophobic and i would give Mm -hmm. it about half an hour before my brain went you're underground (laughs) (laughs) "Ah, 
That was like one of my favorite things. This is a serious digression, but playing um, Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in Egypt, is like you would be wandering through these like desert mountain areas and then you just stumble onto like a settlement like in a mountain, like inside of mm-hmm. it. And it was always just like, oh, <laughs> people. <laughs> oh, hello. How are you yeah. today? Yeah. Um, I just, I, I respect people who are like, let's go in the weird parts of a cave. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, there's always that part, you know, when you go to a, like a cave tour where mm-hmm. there's things that are blocked off and you just know it's because somebody was like, I'll just crawl through there. It's like, what? What encouraged you? What part of yeah. your brain How... is different than my brain? Yeah. Have you ever toured, because um, you're kind of not super close to the area, but like uh, Lookout Mountain, they have like Rock City and Ruby Falls? No, I have so, not. So like Ruby Falls is like this huge, well, really tall, not huge, but really tall waterfall, a relatively big waterfall inside of a mountain. And when you go through and they're telling you like all the ways that the person that like discovered the falls had to do like what they had to do to get there and like there are parts where they have it like preserved like how they would have had to like crawl on their belly (laughs) to get through and i'm just like no why (laughs) why would you do that (laughs) i mean it's cool and everything but why yeah i just it's not something that I have any, you know, impetus towards doing. I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, the undiscovered lands of caves. Or when people, like, when people scuba dive, but they, mm-hmm. or they dive, like, in a cave underwater. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. just double trouble. Yeah. Like, it scares what? me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I no, think we've already you. established that nature scares us. Yeah, and then the natural well, world I mean, in general. Some of it I'm totally fine with. I just don't want to. Like I could walk. I could roam through a forest. Oh yeah, for sure. I think I've been in caves. I'm just not inspired to just be like, oh, let me just branch off into this little wa- mm-hmm. randomness. It's like, oh, I'm okay. And I'm assuming that doesn't happen much to the fremen because they're too damn busy. Yeah, they are. They've got a ton of stuff. There's always something happening with them. So Jessica is chilling out. She's thinking about how uh, Paul is probably doing his test right about then. Yep. So she's She's like, ah. thinking about someone's having a baby that she's Mm going to have to bless. And it's it's nice because then apparently they have a prayer every night. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of like. Okay, like, what time is it? Because they wouldn't have started a birth celebration so close to the prayer. So everything's got to be settled. Like, all right, you know, Ollie is watching. So she'll she'll tell her what's going on. And someone brings her some coffee, which is pretty sweet. They just hand it yep. to her. Which I appreciate. Yeah, I being a reverend mother, it has its perks. Uh, and so she does think that, you know... It's the only place in the whole universe where someone can just give you a cup of coffee and you could just drink it without being afraid that someone's poisoned mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. Know? It sounds good, too. It's like a spice coffee. 
Mm, yeah, I'm like I, I would drink that. That sounds good. Like a nice. Thanks for just dropping that by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she drinks the whole thing, which like, all right, Jess, like, woo. Yeah. Well, she's got a lot to do too. Um, and so she's worried about everything. She's thinking about you know the search and you know like all right because she's thinking about how they all have kind of a communal consciousness and it's not telepathy like she doesn't you know it's not anything like that right metaphysical it's just you know a community that all like people who all live together at all times like she didn't even have to ask anyone for the coffee they just brought her some because they assumed she would want some and here it is Mm -hmm. um so you know kind of like when you live in like a dorm it's not true. I mean, I was going to say it's like a herd mentality, but like mm-hmm. in, in a good way, like, you know, you always hear that described as a negative, but I think there's definitely positives to it. And this is definitely one like you can, you know, sort of have things anticipated for you and, mm-hmm. and you would be doing the same for others. I think it's actually kind of nice. And then Hara comes in and she's like, all right, we got a problem <laughs> with your baby. <laughs> Yeah. And now we meet Alia. Yay! Yay! Who is about two. Yeah. Uh, and Hara, I think Hara, again, is in a sweet, like, robe. She's yeah. She's like, stuff is going on. She just swoops in. And she, Jessica, like, is looking about how much Alia looks like Paul did when he was a baby. And, but that, you know, she really, you know, adults think that she's a little weird it's mostly mm-hmm. stuff that you know she still talks to she, she still sounds like a child you know it's not like she's walking around with an adult voice or anything but she gets jokes that she shouldn't get she's far too calm and aware um mm-hmm. she makes a lot of like sassy commentary that a two-year-old really can't yeah she knows stuff about people like from within the tribe uh, so Hara is basically just like, yeah, you tell your mom, like, <laughs> this is, oh my God. And Alia comes over and she and Jessica have like a moment cause they have sort of a, they have a connection. Um, because yeah. you know, the, the water of life, cause the Betty Jesuit training, like they have this, you know, connection. And so Jessica's just like, oh, hello, Hara. How are you? Okay. Everything's fine. All right. What happened? <laughs> and... What I like here is that, so Alia says, my brother's Ganima is annoyed with me, which that is a sort of not demeaning word necessarily, but it means mm. spoil of battle. And it usually is used to mean a spoil of battle that you don't use for the same purpose. Like the example mm-hmm. that they use is um, a spearhead used as a curtain weight. So oh. it's like... You know, you, you, you capture a bunch of some, you know, something special from another people and then you just hang it on your wall. Like, you don't use it. Right. It's uh, decorative. And Hara's basically just like, yeah, screw you, kid. Like, I know <laughs> what my place is. Like, I don't even want to hear this. And so Jessica asks, like, well, what did you do? And Hara says, well, she didn't play with the other kids. Mm. And she barged in on the birthing ceremony. <laughs> And Alia's like, I was just watching, and it's a boy, and he cried. And then, you know, she, so she came out and she touched him. And when she touched him, he stopped crying. And Hara's just like, you know, babies have to cry. Fremen babies have to cry when they're born because they can't ever cry again. Right. <laughs> like, 
you know, they can't cry when they're out if they have to travel. So, like, they have to get all their crying out when they're indoors and when they're first mm-hmm. born. And Ollie's just like, eh, I just wanted to poke them. And she's just like, Jessica's like, all right, well, the baby's okay. You know, everything's cool. All right, fine. And she says, you know, our Hara says, look, they know Alia didn't hurt. It's not that. It's that she They're said. They're just spooked. She spooked because she said that he looked like a baby that was born on Bella to Goose before they, like, had to flee. Yeah. And she's like, well, he does. Like, that's how he looks. He looks like that baby. And Hara's just like, how could she possibly know that? Just just like, oh, my God, Alia. <laughs> what have I said about the fact that you know everyone's memories? Yeah, this is kind of an interesting um, aside, because I kind of completely forgotten this until I reread this chapter. was like, with Alia and jessica both having all of the memories of the tribe it technically means that the tribe has two reverend mothers Mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting actually and johara says look you know i it's not just that it's that she's like meditating all the time and doing betty jesuit exercises mm-hmm. and i like the jessica's like well but that's her tr- her heritage that's her training. that's her birthright yeah and it's like okay she's two yeah <laughs> and harris is like i don't care like i love her i think she's great however yeah hera is very uh she's very defensive of alia well because she says here you know she says jessica's just like well she's not a demon and Hara's like of course she's not a demon like what the fuck like don't talk that way about my baby like yeah. <laughs> you know, my yeah. child um but it's actually funny because that's the way uh one of my coworkers, because i've worked with her for years it's the way she talks about everyone else's kids like her own too but like <laughs> if i go to, to work and i say something about my daughter i'm just like oh my god you know she spilled all her milk the other day she'll be like my baby did nothing wrong like my child did nothing wrong. Like, it's just like, hmm. well, then you come to my house and buy more milk. And she's like, oh no, I've got my own for that. Thanks. Right. I just love all children. <laughs> um, and did so they just- say? Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Like, remind hmm. me. Did they say was Hara the one that delivered Alia, or was she? part of the birthing ceremony i think so and i think she's always like been her nurse and Mm -hmm. she says you know later like she's like i know that she's not regular because her first words were i love you hera yeah (laughs) which is a lot for a two-year-old like you know yeah um and so she says like look i'm not gonna be part of this household much longer because everyone knows that i'm not sleeping with your son Mm -hmm. and I stayed for my sons because they get special privileges, but as soon as they're old enough, like, I'm out. Like, I got other stuff on my plate. I got mm-hmm. plans. She got big she plans. Do- she does have, she does have plans. Uh, I like that during all of this, Alia has kind of fallen asleep, which mm-hmm. she is still two. <laughs> yeah. Physically, she is still a two-year-old. She's just kind of like, I'm just going to take a little sleep right now. <laughs> just going to snuggle up here, my mom. Uh, and jessica asked to remind herself again that she she's like i love johnny i do i love her <laughs> and Hera's like okay fine look i know you think johnny's great 
but I know that you want your son to marry like somebody royal someday. Mm-hmm. You know, you want all the tribes united under him. And, you know, I know how Alia is. Like, and she calls him, she says, she's sister to one who is like my brother, which I like that they don't try to make it that Hera is carrying some torch for Paul or anything. Like, she is basically accepted, yeah. like, that's like my little brother, who's kind of also yeah. my father, my son's father, but whatever. <laughs> right. the way it is. But she says, you know... I know stuff about her. Like I've been watching her our whole, like her whole life. You know, she's knows too much stuff. She always has understood what we've said to her. And she goes, you know, I let her insult me. Cause I know she doesn't mean it. She's just using big words. Cause she knows them. Like, it's not like a little mm-hmm. kid repeating bad words. Right. And it's just funny. Cause at this point, Jessica is really surprised that Hera follows this. And Hera's like, I could have been a Sayadina. Like, uh, I know how to figure stuff out. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I did like that. She was just like, I'm, I'm not a total idiot, you know? And Alia's just like, yeah, we should tell her the truth. And so Jessica says like, it was the water of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she says, we need Hera because Alia is saying all this. She's like, who else can go and tell everyone that you know, I'm not yeah. evil and I'm not possessed? This is what happened. And she's just like, all right, fine. And so uh, Hera says that, you know, I'll tell them that Alia, she, it's so sad. She goes, I'll tell them that Alia only pretends to be a little girl, that she's never been a little girl. And then Alia starts to cry Aww. and says she's a freak. And Hera's just like, you are not a freak who the hell called you that (laughs) yeah she's like who who was it tell me i will where are they now now? (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) she goes full mama bear and just because like no alia has a point because everyone will know that hera loves alia and that she trusts her and has raised her like her own child so they'll know that she's not covering up for her being evil or being whatever and alia's just like being possessed by a demon yeah. And Hera's like, then you don't say it. <laughs> Think you're a grown up too. <laughs> and so Hera says, yeah. like, you tell me what happened to you. And Ollie is just like, I just woke up. I woke up one day. Yeah, it's kind of a, a reverse of the experience that Jessica describes when she's ta- in the trance, when mm-hmm. she's changing the water of life and she like, you know, in her trance, she like reaches for this sort of other presence and sort of holds it to her and tries to like soothe it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, so, like, it's it's sort of the same thing, but from her, Alia's point of view. Yeah, and she's like, you know, I saw my mother and I saw mm-hmm. the old Reverend Mother, and she showed us everything. Like, she showed mm-hmm. my mother, so she showed me too. And all and Jessica kind of points out that it's pretty impressive that Alia is not completely insane. Yeah, she was like, "Well, and, I didn't have a choice." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Everything just happened," and Hara's is kind of like, "Well, we really would not have done that had we known that your mom was pregnant." <laughs> and Jessica's right. like, "Let's change the subject." Yeah, <laughs> this is all getting a little too uncomfy. Uh, and then they start hearing. It's the time for the nightly prayers. Mm-hmm. And that is apparently, like, everyone, it's sort of a recitation of what happened when the Fremen were taken from their home planets and brought yeah. to Arrakis. 
They denied us the Hajj. Uh, in case you know, at any point, someone wants to argue that they're not supposed to be <laughs> space right. space Muslims, right? Um, <laughs> oh, one one other thing that, um, during like the conversation with Hara, it was that um, especially in regards to Cheney, she says, you know you have an ally you just don't realize it and your ally is cheney like cheney would do anything mm-hmm. for paul even see him married to someone else if yeah. that meant like it would stabilize his his rule or whatever and it's so strange i think that jessica doesn't quite get that and i think it's mm-hmm. partially just because she does perceive paul's relationship with with Chani as something that you know she wasn't controlling right you know she didn't pick her for him it wasn't like her and the duke where you know it was behind the scenes the betty jesuit were guiding the whole thing but you know she was picked out for him and she didn't do that it was just he met a girl that he liked and you know that everyone kind of just treats them like they're married in this this culture and everything and that i I don't know that she necessarily would have wanted him to start a relationship of any kind with Hara, but I think she is kind of just like, damn it, you know, he couldn't just. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Hara's a little, a little older, a little wiser. She's got a good head on her shoulders, but I think like Cheney's age probably is what prejudiced um, Jessica against her from the from the start. That, and I think and she's I think just kind of fact, not giving her credit. Yeah, she's not giving her credit, and I think because she just still does have, especially when they first met, she had a significant amount of prejudice towards the Fremen as well. Yeah, um, there was still definitely the sense of this culture is great, but ours is a little better. Mm-hmm. And I think that her son was then like, "Hey, this this girl who is from this culture," she's like, "Oh fuck," you know, was not <laughs> anticipating that. And then the fact that they're clearly in love. Yeah. And yeah, we're tiny like baby children when they got together. That's a little awkward for everyone. <laughs> you know, so I think just she's worried that at any point he's just going to show up and be like, we're married. <laughs> like, I mean, they aren't. It. They're still really young, even though they've both they are, been yes. sort of like, you know, Cheney, I'm sure like the Fremen are sort of, you know, in this lifestyle where they do grow up very, very quickly. And I mean, with Paul, I mean, I kind of feel like he was always half adult anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he must have always been a teenager. Oh, God. Even when he was a little boy. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing that the issue with Alia, I think, is that a lot of people kind of just think that she is this, oh, precocious kid. Or it is something like, you know, Claudia from Interview with the Vampire, where mm-hmm. she's been growing, but is still like a little kid. It's like, no, she's like a full-blown adult with thousands of years of memories and, you know, experiences and feelings. And she just was born that way, packed into this little body that, like, let's be honest, can't do anything because it's a right. baby human. Yeah. Like... Oh my have gosh. you seen a toddler walk around? They have no I center have. of gravity. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you have, but she's like getting all kinds of other toddler impulses. Like she hears music and she starts doing that like shimmy. She's like, I can't yeah. stop. 
<laughs> I gotta do this toddler day. It's so no. <laughs> this is so demeaning for me. <laughs> but we enjoy it. Yeah, everyone's just like, ah, you're dancing. <laughs> she walks by with like a little boy, and everyone's like, oh, is that your boyfriend? She's like, oh my gosh, no. First of all, <laughs> meanwhile, this poor little boy is just like, yes. she's my girlfriend like no i am not (laughs) frankly it's preposterous that they're sexualizing children in this manner (laughs) alia alia (laughs) and she's probably but she's probably still like well i don't want to eat that we eat that yeah she's probably still super picky like i appreciate this all the, the the food that is available here. However, what I would like to eat is buttered noodles. Mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Please provide me with that. Thank you. We had um some mutual friends where stayed here last year for thanks or year before last for Thanksgiving. And they have a daughter at the time she was ten and she's a extremely picky eater. Extremely picky. And would will only really eat mac and cheese and bread. So like I went I and that. got like I was like, what kind of mac and cheese? Well it has to be shapes. So I went and got like the mac and cheese that's shapes and it was the wrong kind of shapes. So she I don't know that she ate the whole weekend. Like she doesn't eat meat. She didn't eat anything at Thanksgiving. I was just like the kid doesn't even eat potatoes. My child eats only yogurt and couscous Mm -hmm. yet grows and grows and grows (laughs) so tall so tall and it's like well well, i guess you're getting something out of this well you're tall so yeah yeah but she's already like half almost half my my height so oh wow there's gonna come a point where i'm just like well damn it there she goes (laughs) she's still got a little little beanstalk (laughs) Uh, and so they get through the prayer yeah. And then one of Stilgar's wives shows up, uh, Tharthar. 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 Yeah, that's how they said it in the in the audiobook. Okay. But like looking at it written down in my notes, I'm like, Tartar. Tartar sauce. <laughs> Tartar. Tharthar. I'm just like, I'm hopeless. So um, she's also got a sweet robe. I just I yes. love I love these, she's a, these a indoor small, fashions. Dark woman and i was like yes someone with dark skin thank you but she's wearing a black robe but it's got like red embroidery on it and mm-hmm. i'm just like sweet yeah she's described uh, as being quite pretty though well just i mean the description i was like mm, she sounds pretty i'm gonna say i'm betting stillgar he likes Has, to, to marry the honeys yeah i he like, gets he gets his pick doesn't he i believe he does mm-hmm. so she says, well, there's trouble. And she immediately, Jessica thinks it's Paul, that something's mm-hmm. happened to Paul. Um, indirectly. Indirectly, it's Paul. <laughs> but she's just like, no, like, he's going to do it. We His task, we don't know the result yet. But the young men say that they can't fail. and They're going to go do some raids after he's done. But they say that he's going, they're going to force him to call out Stilgar so that he can take mm-hmm. control. Yeah. And... She's just like, ah, oh, shit. Like, yeah, this isn't and- enough anymore. Like, what they've been doing, these little raids and all this stuff, isn't enough. Like, the people want more action. Mm-hmm. 
but it so we can't keep waiting can't keep and waiting hara is like we can't let this happen because i'm about to be one of his wives yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like you know because ollie is like well i'll go with tharthar and jessica's kind of just like is it cool and you know Harris just like she's not gonna let anything happen to her because mm-hmm. we're gonna like be sharing the same band soon so we understand each other like don't yeah. even worry about it <laughs> they're we're very be, cool about it they're gonna be sister wives she won't let anything happen to Alia mm-hmm. so they they head out to see what's going on uh is just like this is not gonna help if he kills Stilgar like that's not that's not mm-hmm. what to do like she says that's what it used to be that used to be the way but times have changed yeah and and i think i can't remember if it's this part or if it comes later like there's some metaphor about you know i i think paul says it like why would i cut off my arm if i need it to fight mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that comes a little bit later but he says you know Hera's like look i know that paul would win like i know uso would win yeah that it came down to that and Jessica's just like, well, that's what I meant. She's like, but I don't think that he shouldn't do it because he'd win. Like, look, I don't want to sleep with your son. Yeah. I'm not jealous of Shani. I would like to marry Stilgar. And I think that so it would be a bad deal for me if he got killed. But I also do think that it would be bad in general if he was killed because that's not the way that this is going to work. Yeah. And Jessica's just like, well, I think I think Shani's great. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Paul is still, I mean, even though he's like kind of this figurehead for the tribe, he's still an outsider. Yeah. And this is the part where Hera says, like, you know, you have an ally. Yeah. Like, Chani would do anything for Paul, especially if it was something that she thought would help him. So Mm -hmm. you need to chill with thinking that she's like got her claws in him and would, not you know, if he has to make some kind of political marriage, that that would be a problem. Yeah. And Jessica tries to be like, I think that Chani is great and I think she's super. And Harris is like, Yeah, <laughs> you should get you should have someone vacuum in here. Like, let's yeah, your subject. Your rugs are dirty. <laughs> uh, so many people are in here all the time. I'm gonna clean this place up. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> and so, I, like Jessica, you know. Yeah. You know that that if that is the deal, then, like, there are reasonable conversations that you could have. Yeah. Like, Paul I, I think... doesn't want to talk about it because he doesn't want to think about that because, like, you know, he's in love. And at this point, I don't think he's even stopped to consider that there could be a woman that he would marry anyway. I think he's still very consumed with, well, just, like, kill whoever I need. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that... um I kind of think that Jessica is just like, this is just part of her. Like, Paul gets his stubbornness. I feel like he gets it from both sides, Mm -hmm. really, of his family. And, like, Jessica is really freaking stubborn. Very much so. Yeah. So, like, I feel like that's part of it, too, is just not wanting to relent because she's already decided that she's against Paul and Chaney. I mean, even though now, like, she's a grandmother, you know, they have a son, and she loves she loves her grandchild, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, you shouldn't marry her. <laughs> like, she's sort of hovering, and I guess yeah. that's probably common 
with mothers whose children, you know, settle down or, well, I don't want to say settle down, but like have kids of their own really early. Mm hmm. It's sort of a you don't really know what you're doing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just like letting them figure it out for themselves. Yeah. And then at a certain point you get my parents where we'll be on the phone and my daughter will start to have a tantrum. But my dad will just be like, well, peace. <laughs> I'm going to go outside and sit by the pool. Yeah. Deal yeah. with that. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, dad. <laughs> Which in a very Alia type way. So my daughter has just really figured out that her grandparents are my parents and that, you know, our other grandparents are my husband's parents. Yes. So now she'll say, are you ta- Are you calling your mom and dad? <laughs> do you want to talk to your mom and dad? Like I, I'm like, yes. Do you do you mean your, your papa and your Gigi? Yes. Your mom and dad. I'm like, yeah, I know the relationship to me. Thank you. <laughs> I think um well my my sister-in-law she once was like having this is a story that they love to tell when she was like three or four was having a tantrum uh because like their mom wouldn't give her more candy and this is very like she's still like that like Sarah loves Mm -hmm. candy but like she said like like their dad came in and was like what's wrong Sarah and she goes your wife. <laughs> I love when kids figure that stuff out. I know. <laughs> it's so cute to watch them figure stuff out, though, and like sort of what? learn interfamilial fami- relationships. Once a few years ago, when my my nephews were were little, I was on the phone with my husband, and we were, I was at a family thing, and he was coming up to meet me, and I turned around, and they were both just in my room, like, going through my stuff. Like, I turned around, and there were just two little boys, like, just pawing through my suitcase. Like, oh, hello. (laughs) And I said, there's all these nephews everywhere. And the older one went, why do you keep saying that? Nephews. (laughs) And I said, because you're my nephews, because you're my my brother's children. And he's just looking at me so suspiciously, like, I'm going to look that up later. Call me a nephew. (laughs) Uh uh-huh they never never heard the the word before i think they just didn't get it in like connection i mean at this point i think he was like three or four so i think he just wasn't connecting that that was a word for him you know i sure he was just sort of like nephews (laughs) do you mean me (laughs) i do and I had driven up, then later, when I, I had driven up myself, he asked where Billy was. And I said, well, Billy's going to come tomorrow. And he said, well, how's he going to get here? And I said, well, he's going to drive. And he said, do you have two cars? And I said, no, we, I brought our car. And I started to say, he's going to rent a car. And he looks at me and he goes, you stole Billy's car? <laughs> like, well, okay, let's back up several paces from that. Like, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll thank you to look at a car title, young man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's look at some names on some paperwork. <laughs> now, someday he'll hear this and be like, how dare you discuss me on a podcast? <laughs> I mean. He's in second grade now. He's a man of the world. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter Very- had a daniel tiger toy or something and he saw it and he goes oh i remember daniel tiger <laughs> like, oh yes this decades back, back <laughs> that sounds time. like that sounds like something that alia would do yeah <laughs> oh, i remember teddy bears year two 
<laughs> like what? So, sit over there. <laughs> yeah. Shh, be quiet. <laughs> the adults are talking. Now, so that's the end of the chapter pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. So I guess we're setting things up for um, a showdown of sorts. Oh, yeah. It's going to get real rough, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I do think the, the climax of this book is a little rushed. We will discuss that more when it happens. But yeah, because we're in the end game here. We're in the end game. And I think even in all the adaptations, too, it's just like all of a sudden things are blowing up. But it's like, wait, who's who's there? Who's yeah. what? And that isn't really just a problem with adaptations. Like, the book kind of does that. It does. And I get that sometimes, you know, things have to happen. You know, mm-hmm. you have to make really decisive moves. But there's a little bit where you're like, all right. Yeah. I, then, I think I love Lord of the Rings. And there's definitely some parts in that where you're like, guys, walk faster. I was going to say, like, um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about the Wheel of Time for a second here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think it's the sixth book, The Lord of Chaos, is like that book is a doorstopper it's like a thousand pages i don't know how many pages it is but it's it is the biggest one of the series it's huge like the paperback like every time you would open it you're like is this gonna crack (laughs) um so those really thin pages like when you're reading it and you're just like it's like what am i reading (laughs) rice paper right but like when it it is i swear to god this book is 99% just people sitting around and talking and politics and maneuvering. And then the last, like the last chapter, the last couple pages is like this huge epic battle. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like, are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Well, that is why I was, you know, I've enjoyed, I've just read the short stories, but I've enjoyed the the Witcher stories that I've read because that is Mm. from the point of view of someone who is coming in after all that conversation is happening or in the middle of it. And it's just like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, someone will say, well, here's this treaty to explain why this thing. And he's like, I don't care. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like my problem. My problem is for you to pay me and I will kill something. Your problem sure. is to deal with whatever that is. And it's, just, it's sort of refreshing because I feel like so many characters, because Paul would do the same thing. would be like, well, let me look at this paperwork. Yeah. Let me I would solve say your that political problems. Randall Thor is probably is heavily inspired by Paul Atreides. Hmm. I would say that for sure. I mean, I'll, he I'll even has more it. than one wife at the end. So. That I do know. I do know that about <laughs> the books because I looked up like Wheel of Time cosplay once to show my husband, and I was like, "All right, you got to explain some of these photo shoots." And he was like, "Oh, those are his wives." I was like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> all right." Let's... And like, like the Fremen, they're all totally cool with each other, oh, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> that you could tell a man wrote. This. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, that's so weird. Like, there's like. He when he actually like gets with the with the last of the three, like the other two are like, um, you need to go have sex with her, basically. And it's just like, <laughs> ah, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the way I, I don't would think of I it. don't really need to know any of this. <laughs> like I'm not judging people that live that lifestyle, but for me it's just not my thing. 
I think my issue with that would just be that from what I know of that series, there's just still so much that they have to do that I just mm-hmm. don't know that I would want to have to be navigating my, you know, polygamous marriage and also dealing with whatever else is happening. Like, this isn't yeah. like we settled down at the end and we're all going to figure this out. It's like, oh, God, OK, so we're all married or you're <laughs> all married to us, I guess. I don't know. And now we're just still going. OK. <laughs> Everyone should just have like communal parents. Like, what's his name on the expanse? Um. Oh. Um. Oh God. Oh Steve, no. <laughs> Stephen Strait's character. I can't yes. remember his name. <laughs> what was that? Okay, I was thinking about this the other day. You'll know this, and I don't feel like googling it. Mm-hmm. What boy witch movie was he in? Um. Was it The Covenant? I think he was in The Covenant. Okay. Because I know there were like two yeah. that came out around a similar time. Just lots of, we're warlocks and we don't wear shirts. <laughs> was it the one with Joshua Jackson? No, it's the one of Sebastian Stan. Okay. I think the one with, uh, oh yeah, it was The Covenant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was watching The Expanse and the whole time I was like, why is he so familiar? Well, I had seen him previously in a movie that I watched for Predictocast called City Island. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. It was it wasn't bad actually. It okay. just yeah, um that <laughs> was a, a a movie that featured a teen that was into feederism. Oh. Yeah. So that was something. And that teen was played by Ezra Miller. Yeah, I just looked up the poster and I just went, wait a minute. I see you there, Ezra. Ezra, yeah. Ezra, Ezra. Just Google that, They can't that, all be people. Timothy, I guess. No, I would say just don't. Just write him <laughs> off. Well, it's a I good don't... thing that Flash movie was never going to happen anyway. I... I am at a loss. This is just my own personal preference. I am at a loss to know who would want to watch and enjoy a movie about The Flash. But that's just me. Like, that's never People been... really like the show on the CW, but it's See, I... from what from what I understand, it's like a totally different animal from the movies. Exactly. Like, my, my yeah. husband likes all those shows, and mm-hmm. they sound fun. And I could see that as, like, a fun, sometimes dramatic show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, two and a half hours of I'm the Flash. Like, okay, great. Cool. <laughs> I mean, that's Swell. kind of like when they were doing Green Lantern, I was like, mm, is this the thing that anyone needs? I, I think been. That I do want to watch that uh, Legends of Tomorrow show or whatever it's called because it mm-hmm. has um, Matt Ryan in it as John Constantine. Yes. And... So I would watch it for that. Yes. I, again, have only seen clips of that, and I am not allowed to tell my husband about them because then he never knows where he's at in shows. So, like, on (laughs) Facebook, I saw a clip of something, and I was like, oh, I saw this really funny clip. I think it was from that Legends of Tomorrow show, and John Constantine was in it, and he's just like, no, mm, 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 mm. Don't tell me. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad they managed to find a way to save that character because I think Matt Mm -hmm. Ryan did a really good job. As John Constantine in his own little show. I wish they, that show had been given another chance. And they, the clip I saw also was a was like a triple crossover because Lucifer was in it. Oh, 
what? Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that. That's another one where I have not seen that show, but one time in the car, Billy told me <laughs> the entire plot. <laughs> it's actually, like, I was very against it because I love the comics. Like, and I still I, do. It has not spoiled my love of the comics at all. Like, I love them both as separate entities. The book, the parts that I've seen of the show, I think, like, this would probably be a show I would enjoy. But, like... Oh, you totally would. Yeah, you I, would. I just haven't seen more than, like, clips here and there. And then mm-hmm. I was, you know, when you're told the entire plot of four seasons of a television program. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, a well, I guess, I guess I don't need to watch it then. <laughs> And it was none of the information that I required, like how good looking is he all the time? And I mean, how very all the time, wear? very little, <laughs> a nice. lot. All right, that's all yeah. I needed. Yeah, there's a lot of just being like draped with a sheet in fine, strategic fine. places. Yeah, and the occasional butt shot. I heard they amped that up for Netflix. They did because also like when Netflix took over the show, he got like. He was like, okay, Netflix, I'm going to have some butt stuff going on. I'm going to get super ripped. And he got like crazy, like Jared Padalecki buff. So I don't want to be cliche and I don't want to make generalizations, but I do mm-hmm. love the, just the, the, the Europe, European actors have so much just get up and go. Mm-hmm. They're like, sure. When will my ass be displayed? I mean, it's a nice ass. So. Like, okay, good. I will make this movie. When will I show my ass? You know what I like about that actor, though, about Tom Ellis, is that, like, off screen, he he's, like, kind of preppy and wears glasses. Oh, uh, yeah, I have a thing for the glasses. Yeah, I saw a, he did one of those, he read Thirst tweets. Mm-hmm. And that was that was pretty funny. Every time I see celebrities reading their thirst tweets, I'm like amazed that none of mine pop up on there. <laughs> Just like, how did they miss that? Well, I do know someone. This was years and years ago now, but I tangentially knew someone whose one of their tweets was on that mean tweets segment. Oh yeah, and. They had to lock their Twitter down because they got so much just fan hatred. Oh, Because they said something about, I won't even name the actor because I don't think they were on it more than once. So it would be, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was just like, I think to the point where they had to change their Twitter handle and stuff just because people were just so like, I can't believe that you called so-and-so. And And it was something so lame. It was like, why is blank always in movies? He's boring. (laughs) And it was just like, I can't believe you don't think that. I, yeah. The the thing with the thirst tweets is that I feel they are selected by people who are into a lot of internet culture that celebrities are mm-hmm. not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that happens with the mean tweets because I've definitely seen mean tweets where it's something like, I hate Chris Evans and his beautiful stupid face. And it's like, well, no, yeah. that's not an actual mean tweet. That's just internet hyperbole yeah like that wasn't actually mean they mean that they love him and his face physically hurts them right so it's just kind (laughs) of like the when i was watching um the 2007 persuasion miniseries from from bbc uh with sammy and every time rupert penry jones was on screen she would just go oh how dare you <laughs> Get yeah. out of here with your face. 
It's too pretty. I felt that way the entirety of Crimson Peak. I was like, yeah. you're no good. You're no good, sir. But look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Just, lo- just look at yourself. Like, stop everything about your life, but look at yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also just think that the thirst tweets are often selected where people do not get what some of the hyperbole is. And that yeah. lends itself to awkward hilarity because there's a lot of... Oh, I want so-and-so to step on my neck. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I assume you've seen the Oscar Isaac one. Oh, yeah. There's quite a bit of that where he's just like, well, thanks. I suppose. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I think that we've probably digressed <laughs> enough at this yeah, point. I guess. <laughs> do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, I do have one. I have had like a couple things come out this week, but the one I would like to plug that I want everyone to go and. I mean, maybe now is not the best time to watch it because everyone is feeling very down. It's a real fucking bummer of a time. But um, The Innocence Files on Netflix, I just wrote up a review for that, for The Spool. Um, It's a really, it's kind of a tough watch, but I encourage everyone to watch it. It's about The Innocence Project and the work that they do to try to um, get people that are innocent that have have been serving long prison sentences out of jail. It's a... more kind of about like the process of our justice system and all mm. the cracks therein. It's very eye opening, but it's on Netflix now. It's a really, really well made documentary series. So if you have the time and you have like the Prozac, <laughs> go for <Yeah>. it. <laughs> um, that's really all I want to plug right now. Uh, oh, and, and I, one other thing mm. I lied. I lied. I will be on an episode of. Predictocast next week talking about um, an Eric Roberts film called <laughs> Rude Awakening. It's an Eric Roberts, Cheech Marin, um, hippies come back to New York City after spending 25 years in the jungle movie. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> That's uh, it. I'm done this time. <laughs> So for myself, for The Spool, I got to watch and review Belgravia, which is a Julian Fellows miniseries based, of course, upon his own novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love that I got to write adapted from his own novel. Like, don't worry, <laughs> folks, he wrote it. Uh, that will be on Epics, which that one's a little tricky. Um, I felt bad because I was telling people to watch it and they were like, what channel? Like, is it streaming? And I was like, it is on Epics, which you mm-hmm. may or may not have. Um but it is very good. It is sort of the antithesis of what you watched because I think everyone should watch it because it's just sort of nice and... Yeah. Look. I mean, I think that we could all do with watching something nice and and easy and lovely. You know, there's definitely down parts because there has to be drama, but, you know, suffice it to say, things will, will figure themselves out. And everyone yeah. is wearing fancy dresses and it's the 1840s, so... That all sounds very good. Exactly. <laughs> I am not on any podcasts. I could be on a podcast, other podcasts, I mean. Yeah. We're still trying to secure some special guests coming up. Um, more on that later. Mm-hmm. But for now, um, if you want to reach out to us, chat about the show, about Dune, about period dramas, Stephen King, I don't care. We'll talk about anything. We're on 
Twitter at WeirdingPod. You can email us at WeirdingPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, all the places. You can find us. Just stop in, say hello. Saying a lot of S words. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. There's a word for that, but I can't think of what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I think that is everything. Yeah. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy. Yes, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Bye, everyone. Bye.